If your focus is innovation, you're likely open to focused thinking and coming up with ideas, and that's great. But what about situations where you're faced with a sudden or urgent crisis? Are you likely to react, potentially making a bad situation worse? Are there other specific things you could do to prepare yourself to avoid a reaction that does not yield the result you want? Stay tuned to find out more. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Innovation Driven Growth Podcast. Here we examine what enables true creativity, how to convert ideas into innovation, and seek out what ignites enterprise-wide growth. I'm your host, entrepreneur, strategist, and muser of metacognition, David Peterson. Hey everyone, thanks for joining today's podcast. Before we dive into today's podcast topic, I want to circle back to a recent podcast where I was illustrating the need for us to be bold and present our ideas without shame or self-editing. To illustrate this, I want to give a shout out to Gahan Wilson, who unfortunately has recently passed away. But Wilson was a famous comic strip writer who early in his career struggled to get news editors to believe that people would understand and appreciate his offbeat humor. Gahan got his big break when the regular editor was out sick and the temp editor didn't realize that Wilson's dark humor was not appropriate and he let it go through to print. Gahan's dark humor becomes a huge hit. But think about this. If that editor is not out of the office that day, maybe, maybe Wilson never achieves the fame and notoriety he actually received. And this is just another example of where others can stifle ideas and keep them from being properly vetted or appreciated. All right, let's tackle this topic. How leaders don't react. Perhaps one of the most basic of involuntary responses is like this. You're 12 years old. Somebody walks up to you and hits you. You react and you hit them right back. Now think about it. Somebody kind of sneaks up on you and aggressively assaults you from behind. You think it's somebody with evil intent and you turn with a clenched fist. You're ready to fight until you see your friend's smiling face. Now, As we grow older, hopefully we learn better ways to address that situation without resorting to violence. But the basic instinct is very strong for us to react quickly in a given situation. The flight, fight, or freeze response is literally wired into our physiology. When a crisis happens, even something as simple as hearing a tray of dishes crashing to the floor at a restaurant. Our body then diverts blood from the brain to the hands and feet, enabling fight or flight. We often freeze when we perceive danger, which could be a split second, like in the case of the crashing dishes, or much longer, especially when we feel perhaps there's no hope for rescue. Regardless, the result is such that at a critical time, When we need to be at our very sharpest, our brains have reduced capacity to think 
or make effective decisions. Well, no wonder we often perform poorly in a crisis situation. Well, it doesn't have to be that way. You can train yourself to respond instead of react. Now, there is a big difference between a response and a reaction. With a reaction, you get what you get, or maybe what you deserve. With a response, you are more likely to get what you want. Now, this assumes that you actually know the result that you would want in a given situation. Now, my recent podcast on Think Time should assist in preparing you for crisis situations. And if you haven't listened to that podcast, I highly recommend that you check it out as it details how you can use structured thinking time to brainstorm potential situations in advance of when they occur. Think about the preparation that's performed by, say, a financial institution to prepare for a robbery. Tellers and other frontline staff practice very important steps. Follow the instructions of the robber, make sure they hand over the bait money that's traceable, and in a perfect situation, no one gets hurt, the robber gets caught. But no amount of drilling can truly prepare a teller for the actual event. Many tellers who have passed all of the preparation drills flawlessly have panicked during the actual event. Maybe to paraphrase Mike Tyson, every teller has a plan until a robber sticks a gun in their face. It's all about keeping your head in any crisis, big or small, and responding, not reacting. And let me give you a personal example. Several years ago, I was fishing on a raft with some friends out in Colorado on the Eagle River. We were at the end of our fishing trip. It was an epic day of catch and release trout fishing on a Blue Ribbon River. The guide had pulled over to the side and he'd stepped out of the boat. He had the anchor out, just simply just like a big iron weight that would hold the boat in place. But the current was very strong and the boat started to move away from the shore. Now, you got to trust me here, a fishing boat going down the river without a guide at the oars is a crisis. Now, I'm in the front of the boat, so in an effort to, quote, help in what turned out to be a situation where I should have remained seated, I attempted to step out of the raft near the bank. So my intention was merely to hold the boat in place until the guide could regain control. Now, he was about 15 feet away from me, so there was no reason to believe that the depth of the river where I was was any different where he was standing maybe calf deep. And yet, <laughs> and yet, as soon as I stepped out, I was immediately in water over my head. Now, even worse, my action of stepping out pushed the raft directly out into the fast current with my friend, now by herself, still in the raft. To exacerbate the situation, about 100 yards downstream was a Class 3 rapid. Now, the guide, of course, is a whitewater rowing expert. However, he was standing on the bank, helpless to stop the raft. So, here's the situation. I'm free swimming now in the water. My friend is in the raft trying to climb over seats and get to the rowing seat so that she could grab the oars and attempt to steer the raft. Now, my life vest, it was firmly in place, and really, I was in a good shape to rescue myself. 
I've been whitewater rafting many times. I've been in the water, man overboard in the river many times. And so there's a safety instruction that, that you learn. And, you know, I kept calm and I got in the downstream swimming position, feet out front, knees bent to bounce off boulders, head up. My friend kept her head and she finally got into the rowing seat and she began to work the oars to get control of the craft. The guide is running downstream parallel to the river, yelling out instructions. And that iron big weight anchor is just bouncing along the bottom of the river. Now, with both of us sort of calm and focused, we were responding to this crisis. And quite frankly, we were in a position for a great ending with everyone to be safe. We made it through the first set of rapids and the water flow slowed. And I saw at that point that I could make it to the bank and I was about to head that way when the raft came quite close to me. Now, at this point, I made a very severe second error. I went towards the raft instead of the bank. Now, my thinking at the time was I was going to help my friend. I, I felt responsible, maybe, for her situation and felt that I should attempt to give some assistance. So I turned towards the raft. Now, the problem is, is by doing so, I put myself in a position where she felt she was going to run into me with a raft or maybe hit me on the head with an oar. And so she moved away back into the current to avoid me. That caused her and me to go down a second set of rapids. After that, I was able to get to the shore and drag, my, drag myself to the bank completely and totally drained. The anchor behind the raft eventually got caught up in some rocks and it stopped the raft's forward progress. The guide was able to pull the raft to the side, board it, cut the anchor line and, and row it to safely. So overall, it was pretty scary. I mean, each year people die on these rivers in Colorado, either by doing stupid things or not keeping their heads in a crisis. Now, my friend and I talk frequently how lucky we were that day but in fact, we both responded, yeah, in hindsight, my two errors, A, starting the problem, B, making the problem worse. But let's go back to the start of the crisis. Our raft was at the bank. We were about to get out, but I still had my life jacket on and it was firmly buckled. How many people unbuckle their life vest in that situation? You know, the trip's over. It's like, hey, we're done. If I had done that, and I know I've done that before, but in this case, keeping my life vest on and buckled, I was prepared for something bad to happen, even though it was extremely unlikely in that situation to occur. Without that life vest on and buckled, there is a definite possibility that I could have perished on the Eagle River that day. So how can you practice this response versus reaction in your everyday life? I want you to try this experiment. The next time you're in a mall, maybe some other big kind of crowded space, pretend for just a minute that there was an active shooter. What would you do? Would you run? To where? Would you fall to the ground? Would you look for somebody near you that might need assistance in fleeing? Now, the more you play this scenario out in your mind, even if just for a couple of minutes in different situations, the less likely you would be to panic and inappropriately react in a true active shooter situation. You're running simulations through your mind. Even something as simple as training yourself not to be startled when a server drops a tray of dishes 
will ultimately make a big difference in your ability to respond to a true crisis. They have to trust me on this. I've made it a point over years to be less startled when a tray of dishes crashes to the ground. It's crazy, right? It's not that I ignore it when it happens, but I focus on being cognizant of whether a situation is something that needs my response or my response needs to be honed to appropriate action and not being diverted or startled to non-crises that do not command my attention. Now, you may think that that's crazy and it's not worth your effort, but I'm convinced in the long run, I will be better prepared to address a true disaster. Some situations require an immediate response to remediate the crisis. If so, seconds count, and you must be clear-headed with maximum capability for thoughtful response. A good example is when a child is wandering out into the road and you must immediately act. And I've shared this on the previous podcast. It's an oblivious child is not a situation for taking time to think through multiple options and come up with multiple scenarios of how you might stop them from getting hit by a car. Further, consider that you must not be diverted from a thoughtful response based on what others will think about you and your decision. Now, choosing the right course of action may not immediately look correct or right to an external observer, but the time for any kind of reflection or second guessing is at a post-mortem of the event, not during the actual crisis. Now, during the Eagle River rafting incident that I just mentioned, I shared that when the water slowed, I could have made it to shore, but instead I believed it was my responsibility to try and help my friend. Thinking it would be less than chivalrous if, if I didn't attempt to assist her, I swam towards the raft instead of going to the shore. Now, that's a big mistake. The rule, the rule in any kind of rafting incident where you're free swimming is to always get yourself out of danger if the occasion arises. Save yourself and that's the best for everyone. Now, this runs counter to our desire to help others, especially in a situation where you feel responsible for the event. By moving to the raft, my friend had to move further out into the rapids. She went another 150 yards downstream. If I had made the thoughtful response to move out of danger when the opportunity presented, she would have followed me, and both of us would have been out of danger sooner. Was I thinking about what she would think of me if I didn't try to, quote, help her? Now, I don't remember any kind of thinking that way at the time, but it could have been subconsciously in my mind. And yet, this idea is crazy. What did I think I was going to do? Somehow pull myself up into the raft? It's nearly impossible to do that. If you're out of the raft in the water and you want to get back in the raft, someone in the raft has to grab you and with all their might, pull you on top of them into the raft. So how exactly would making my friend stop and pull me into the raft had helped her in that situation? Hindsight says that's a dumb move on my part. And it was a reaction to my inclination to help versus a thoughtful response. And my thoughtful response should have been, if you can get to the shore, you do so. Every day, employees at your organization are dealing with situations where they react versus respond, perhaps even subconsciously. Do they react or respond to an oddly worded request made by a prospect or customer? 
Do they react or respond when a key system crashes or faced with an online intrusion attack? Do they react or respond when they're faced with any disaster for which they are unprepared? And it doesn't matter whether they're the CEO or whether they're a senior manager, supervisor, or just somebody who works in a cube. Most of the events that we deal with are not life or death decisions to be made in an instance. It's not the equivalent of free swimming down the rapids or stopping a child from an oncoming car. Now, most times we have the luxury to think about the situation, consider the outcome that would best suit us or our organization, and then put into action a plan that would bring about that result, getting what we want. Now, if you're a senior leader, you can work specifically to change reactions into responses. You could start monthly exercises that would target improving your staff's ability to respond. And a good place to start is your business continuity planning or disaster recovery planning that you are probably likely required to have as an organization. Do you think your staff is truly prepared for all of the events that the plan documents? Let's go back to the financial institution and return to that idea of robbery training. What would best prepare a teller for the scenario where someone actually sticks a gun in their face? Well, there is a breathing technique that's used by Navy SEALs that keeps them calm in the times of the greatest stress. It's easy to learn. It's quick to deploy, and it has a direct and positive impact on one's ability to respond. Now, how hard would it be? How beneficial would it be if all of your frontline staff practiced that breathing technique? Now, you can check it out for yourself, and I've included a link to the article that explains this Navy SEAL breathing technique in the show notes. Go read that. It's super easy and super impactful. Could you create a different training scenario for each month of this coming year that would dramatically increase the capability of everyone in the organization to be better prepared for a crisis? Perhaps you could. The more likely is, is that you'll need to gain additional proficiency and have personal confidence in order for you to share this training with others. You know, do it yourself and then pass it on to others. You just have to decide that enabling yourself and your staff to be more prepared for a crisis is worth doing and then make it happen. And if you have ideas on how you've prepared yourself or your staff to better respond to a crisis, please share it with me. I would welcome the opportunity to highlight your idea in an upcoming podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks again for investing your valuable time listening to the Innovation Driven Growth Podcast. I covet your questions, comments, or critique. You can reach me at david at davidpeterson.com. I'm also on Facebook at DP Speaks and everywhere else on social media at DLP Speaks. I look forward to hearing from you and be sure to look for a new episode soon.